There's no other way to say it. 2023 was a year. Frankly, at times, it literally felt like a year and a half. It's been a year of incredibly high highs and, well, rock bottom lows, as the technology industry has come to terms with a dramatically changing market and economic landscape, while also charging forward, possibly with semi-reckless abandon, into an AI-fueled future that no one actually seems sure what it'll look like, but everyone somehow agrees it's where we want to be. We are, after all, in our happiest place dreaming of the future, and today is no different. We're going to take a look at what we think is seemingly sure bets for the year to come and some, we'll call them wilder predictions as well, because at the end of the day, it is us. But as forward-looking as we love to be, it's also impossible to have a clear understanding of what could be ahead without the context of where we've come from. From handheld gaming to spatial computing and the metaverse, 2023 not only held some fantastic releases that we're already literally enjoying today, but also a pretty clear map at what's next. Smartphones, headsets, consoles, and yeah, you guessed it, even physical media. It's all here on tap for a new year that prepares to kick off next week with CES in Las Vegas, and then rolls into Galaxy phone announcements, Humane's AI pin launch, and beyond. This year has been, to simply put it, fun. So what does that mean for 2024? I'm ready. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. And we are back. We're here to, I mean, there's no other way to say it. We're here to say goodbye to 2023. Yep. Um, I would say we barely knew you, but I also feel like it's been one of the longest short years in history because <laughs> yeah, it did fly by, crazy. but it's also been a bit of a slog at times. And uh, there's all sorts of rabbit holes we could go down because we're us about the why for that but as we always say we do try to keep it positive on this show because well we don't have to work very hard to find the other stuff so <laughs> no this is our opportunity really to use the last year as context this is not so much a look back but a look forward again big chunk of positivity is uh, being forward looking in my very personal opinion um not ignoring the past you know that's that's you know doomed to repeat it is that how the uh, how the saying goes yep. um and there was there but there was a lot of good stuff i do think that happened in our little technology sphere in this last year a lot of crazy stuff scary stuff also um question marks that's my biggest one i think i think i'm leaving 2023 with a lot of questions about the state of some areas of tech more so than i usually do i mean there's always questions around this sector it's why we work here right. because it, it's it's new it's interesting it's always changing but i think more big pieces of tech are in flux than even we are used to right now. Yeah, and how are they going to do it all when they laid everybody that. off? Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, you're right. The you, you know, yeah. yeah. Huge industry shifts happening in workforce and, you know, dollars are not free like they were for a lot of years. That's influenced how these companies are making their longer term bets because what do you know? Now it actually costs money to go out and borrow half a billion dollars to see right. if you're gonna, you know, make the next big thing. It's just, you know, that that has a dramatic impact on these companies that are wielding billions and billions of dollars of R and D and product development. And you know, because we do talk about, you know, these companies make products that we, we're not geniuses. We're not, you know, we don't have clairvoyance. There's still plenty of times where I've confidently looked at a product and said that is going to fail. Mm -hmm. Right. For sure. And like there was just, yeah. and there, well, or it does. There are yeah. many times where, I mean, these are, these are big companies 
manned by smart people that do work very hard to make the best product possible. And there are still times where I've looked at that product and confidently been able to say, that is going to be a disaster. Mm -hmm. Yet it still ships, it still hits shelves. Somebody buys it, but almost inevitably not enough someone's and that company ends up taking a big write down and Mm -hmm. the product is cut off at the knees and uh, you know looking at you 51 percent of google's product launches you know it's just (laughs) that's a generous who wants another (laughs) yeah right who wants another (laughs) messaging app but anyway back to positivity a lot of great stuff in 2023 leads me to believe there's going to be more great stuff in 2024 but i also think i think it could be an interesting year in I'm prepared to be surprised about where the real changes come from and also prepared to not be surprised by how many products may be taken very more iterative break this coming year. The ones that are normally are reliable heavy hitters might trend more towards the boring-ish side for two reasons. Uh, and this is where I'll kind of hand it to you guys for your thoughts. Um, well, I'm just going to pick on one for because it's normally it's, it's expected to be an early 2024 announcement. So we're coming up on um, Galaxy S line announcements from Samsung. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should be coming up in the next four to six weeks, give or take. Um, Verge had an article there. Uh, I think several others did as well. Pretty decent set of leaks came out around yeah. the, the, the S24 launches this year. Yeah, <laughs> every time. Yeah, <laughs> every, the, everything short of Samsung putting up the billboards early is pretty much, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So looking at that, I, I had two big takeaways. The device itself, you know, iterative is definitely the word. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's a... I didn't see much that had changed, yeah. No, which is surprising because we talked about it earlier this year. The S23 was not a dramatic change. Mm-hmm. So like to say that these devices, and I'm just, again, I'm using the the S line as, a, as an example, you know, the same could be said for recent iPhones, same could be said for recent um, Pixel phones. Again, we've talked about all these things on this very show. These hardware platforms are now reaching not just maturity, but advanced maturity, mm-hmm. where it's like other than bumping the megapixels, other than changing the texture and shape of the display, other than some new color wares, um, I'm I'm not going to say oh it's you know we've had our Concord moment and it's just never going to get better. There, there's going to be another evolutionary leap out there, but it's being I think a lot of it is being held back by material sciences. Yep. Um, if Samsung's own lineup is any indication, they're all in unfoldables and other you know yep. more dramatic changes in that space. But material science has to have time to get to the next thing and you know picking on apple again for a second i don't see apple playing heavily in that space until the material science catches up they don't want a foldable iphone or ipad with a big fat crease they don't want an apple device that if you if you you know drag your thumbnail across it too hard you leave a permanent dent like that's those are trade-offs those are to use our own language the cost of playing in that space right now and code you and i both enjoy playing in that space yeah it's it's, they're they're fun devices neither would for a second be my daily driver no way i learned my lesson (laughs) (laughs) i i mean i do carry a um i i carry a uh flip five Mm-hmm. on a daily basis but it's not my daily driver it's a secondary device that i carry because it's small it's easy to throw in a bag um it's where my second sim card now digitally lives is an e-sim but it's like apple and many other companies are watching this space saying 
we're not there. It's not there for us yet. Mm-hmm. And their investment, going back to the companies being more selective about their investment dollars and also talking about 2024 as a whole, it's also clear where Apple's investment really is right now. And mm-hmm. that's in their AR, VR, mixed reality, spatial computing space, i.e. the Vision Pro. Like yep. that's that's where the money's going right now for Which sure. would be, I think they said it would be 2024, right? Yeah, that they, they would be releasing from what I Early. The article that I saw recent, as recently as yesterday or the day before was something about they are getting prepared for mass shipments of the device. Like they're like it's it's getting loaded onto boats yeah. and everything at this point to get to distribution points. So they're they're close to being ready. With yeah, that'll, that'll be very interesting to see like how that actually <laughs> works. Well, and... It's that's the thing. I mean, it's still it's such a cool product, but it's so niche just because of the price. Mm-hmm. I mean, 99 yeah. percent of the people out there are not going to drop that kind of money $3,500 it, right. it is on, by on nature it, it is it is the closest I'm used to seeing Apple coming to beta testing on the market you yeah. know what I mean like the, this is a beta test by nature but by by price because you're right Eric it's, they've they have very intentionally locked out the vast majority of the market but like we talked about when we covered that um the, the announcement of that device earlier this year that device exists because the device going back to material science the Mm -hmm. device apple wants to make can't be made yet yeah right but they believe in that space and the need to start plowing forward with the linchpin of apple's success over the last two decades developers Mm -hmm. really the iphone is the iphone because of the app store not because of the iphone itself yeah I do believe it's one of the best pieces of phone hardware out there. It still wouldn't be the commercial success it is without the App Store, period, end of conversation. Right. I mean, oh, that yeah. was the thing I was going to say was, you know, the, you know, the MetaQuest and those in that realm are primarily gaming machines. They're not mm-hmm. even yes. social interaction machines. They're gaming machines. And Apple doesn't have the apps for that yet. So right. no one, no one outs, you know, no one's interested in it from the general public because they can't again, once again, the old Apple thing, you can't play games on it. So I'm not going to drop $3,500 on something that I can't, you know, play beat saber better than ever before. (laughs) So, you know, and that, and that's where it's at, you know, and eventually they're going to bring the price down and they're going to have those apps on there and the developers will put out their versions for that. And Apple will come out on stage and talk about it. Like they were the ones who invented this whole place and, you know, and, and it's fine and it will be great and it will, and it will be probably better and a better experience and more seamless experience than most people have on it, but they got to get there. And, and and, yeah, and it's just going to take some time and, this is the interim, I guess, for that. Well, yeah. they, they, they don't want to let the device live in a lab for the next 10 years because yeah. that's where it would have to be. Because uh, let's say Apple wants to make a pair of glasses. Like right. act, that, yep. that's yeah. what they want to make. They want to make a pair of glasses that does all that does all the things that we're seeing, or at least most of the things we're seeing the Vision Pro being. Um, obviously, there's some very, very specific situations where a traditional pair of glasses wouldn't be ideal, like more immersive experiences. But again, you could accessorize your way around that to a large degree also mm-hmm. or fork it and have two offerings but i mean really what apple wants to make is the end-all be-all walled garden device that lives on your face 18 hours a day mm-hmm. that's what they want and the material science the battery science the engineering doesn't exist yet to make that so we have vision pro mm-hmm. and, I, and i think them even releasing just the one expensive version it puts the seed in everyone's brain, right? Like, oh, that is cool. Oh, I do want yep. something like that. And like, even though also, you're not going to buy it, right? It also makes the Vision Pro 2 at half the price seem that much cheaper. Yes. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, so though, it's, it's still going to be a seventeen hundred dollar yeah. device. Yeah. But oh, I was, was going to say, yeah. you're spot on there because really, when you launch something at with starting with a three, the the first time it starts with a two, that's going to seem dramatic. Mm-hmm. The first time it starts with a one, so nineteen ninety nine ninety nine, a very 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 familiar price point for high level Apple or even mid level Apple products, mm-hmm. they will successfully or at least hopefully successfully for them made that seem cheap right it's going to be and so again, cost that, effective I, I mean i'm getting this i'm getting the same thing that you bought 10 years ago for 3500 dollars. <laughs> i got it for less than two grand mm-hmm. you idiot I, why didn't you wait I, you know that's what, I, yeah i think we'll see that price point within three years i really do maybe even two i think we'll see a crackle one maybe not with the same feature set because that's apple's right. other play right they'll start to fork it and say okay well if you want this oh, one version for, of it or something they're gonna make yep. the vision Right, Apple, Vi- yeah. Apple Vision. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Apple Wanda, but uh, right. no. Um, <laughs> uh, but. It, the, I- not to make this, because we're not going to make this entire episode about Vision Pro, but I think we'd be remiss for saying we obviously cover a lot of Apple devices on this show. A, we are fans. We use their devices. We buy their devices. Um, I, d- I also believe it's not just about my fandom for them as a company. Like they make good, they, over, over the whole, they make, they continue to make good products that I mm-hmm. want to buy and that people yeah. want to buy. That's why they're worth what they're worth. And I think the Vision Pro is the beginning of a new category for that, that is going to be very big and very real in some tangible ways just not immediately at $3,500. But again, the relative brilliance of pricing at that high means they don't have to because no one's going to look at a $3,500 offering and snub them when people don't line up in the street to buy it. Mm -hmm. So they've they've also priced out certain criticisms because they can say, listen, we've made the decision to launch the device knowing it would be very, very niche for very, we wanted to get in the hands of developers and serious professionals and people that just want to play in that space, understanding that there's not going to be a million units moved in the first 30 days. You know what? Because no one would really expect that at $3,500. This thing drops at $999. They've now priced themselves into direct competition with, you know, the MetaQuest well, if you don't start exceeding MetaQuest numbers, you're automatically a failure. That's a that's a that's a very unappley kind of bet. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about the earliest days of the iPhone, it was priced massively above the direct competition. Yes, it time. was made. It was it was priced for a very very specific subset of the you know technology using market. And when it didn't move numbers initially, it was a it was a success very very quickly but it wasn't the sales behemoth that we know of it as today and people said well yeah no kidding it's a you know 700 phone like yeah, that sounds that was cheap now at the, yeah, yeah. At the time that's yeah. absolutely especially before carrier subsidies you expect me to walk into a store and plunk down more than 99 cents for a phone mm, like, yeah. because that, that was the mentality like you paid the upgrade fee and that was it like that was just the game and, and now don't get me wrong. We've come full circle back to that. They just want us to do every three years now yeah, instead of right. two. But <laughs> at the time, to plunk out that kind of cash for a phone was unheard of. Yeah. So looking at this and saying, okay, plunking down you know thousands and thousands of dollars for an unproven, untested product category that, to your point, Eric, there's no games for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's- I mean, the only apps that are going to come with it that we know of. We haven't heard anything from any developer that I know of about no. something third party for vision. Well, Pro. that's also because there's an Apple employee with machete standing behind them that <laughs> sure. says, don't you dare. Do it. Sure. Like, we all, yeah. we do know that the, like, the developers have them. We know that yeah. much. They, 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 they in him. Somebody's got to be doing something. 
Yeah, their what their actual launch event, whatever it end up being, they're gonna trot their top ten developers across the stage and show them all the reasons why thirty five hundred dollars is quote unquote the steal of the century for the yeah. world changing technology they're offering us in a very Apple-y kind of way. Neat, but so that I just think we're gonna see that. We're going to see it hit. We're going to see it shake up that category. I'm also hoping, you know, big C competition here. I also want to see this maybe draw others into the space. If Apple can somehow prove that $3,500, again, is not the the, the the price point. I'm not, I don't want to hear, hey, well, if Apple can do it, we can do it. Let's all start selling $3,000 headset. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. But if Apple takes control of the top end of the market and Meta, as we've talked about, is effectively taking control of the call it three to five hundred dollar segment of the market, yep. that's a big middle for other people to come play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it'd be really, interesting really to see big. who comes up with what. Yeah. But I mean, and again, it's just I'm excited to see what the Vision Pro actually is because we've seen it in their very light promo where they showed mm-hmm, people yeah. using it and it looks like this amazing magical device. I'm I'm excited to put one on my face and actually see what it does. But Definitely. that's the thing also with that device that's going to make it so hard to market is it's not made in a way where like with a MetaQuest, I can put it on my face over my glasses. You can't do that with the Vision Pro, which means I have to have custom lenses in the Vision Pro, which means I can't walk. It would be very odd for me to be able to walk into an Apple store and say, hey, can I test that device? And they're like, what's your prescription? And they pull out test lenses to put it. They're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So like I won't be able to go into an Apple store unless I'm wearing contact lenses to test a Vision Pro. Right. So do I get contacts to get a Vision Pro? Exactly. (laughs) That'll be the new sales and marketing thing for yeah. every optical shop in town. Want a vision, vision pro? pro. Uh-huh. Yeah, come get contact lenses. But yeah, so, I mean, and this fits in with Apple as well because they're doing it now. That was a big story that came out recently that they're they're working on Ferret apparently. But um, my big prediction for, yeah, for the coming year um is ai because we've talked about it on the show already yeah yeah. is everybody's working on generative ai and i got i saw an article this morning actually from microsoft that they said their next surface devices will be their first true ai devices which basically what that means in actual speak they got an npu yeah everyone's putting neural processing units in their stuff so we know apple's been doing it for a couple of years now Mm -hmm. um launched with the m1 i mean they've had they've had their version of an npu since m1 so 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 now it's getting into it on the x86 side and and all that kind of stuff there's now going to be neural processing units and all of that which means that everyone's going to be able to do at least offload some of it some of the generative ai work from the cloud to the local machines which frees up a lot of the processing and it's cool i think it's neat i i'm still like this generative AI space is so interesting because like I've played with it. It's cool to type something in and get a picture out of it. It's fun and you can do some neat stuff with it. But then, you know, you have the entire other subset of people that actually create that stuff with their hands going, what are you guys doing? You know, and, and they're all upset. And now there's, you see articles about people feeding garbage data into the generative AI stuff so that it, the, it doesn't come the out pool. right and they just poison <laughs> it. And, you know, so it's like this battle over generative AI. And it, I don't know, it, it's just interesting that now it's become a big enough juggernaut, like literally within what, 18 months um, that all of a sudden 
everything is about AI and people yeah. are putting hardware into things for AI. It's it's pretty interesting to see. Well, and that. to that, you're right about the 18 month because actually this blew my mind because I had even had the date wrong in my head. Um, we obviously did a lot of talking about open AI recently and we're not yeah, going to rehash mm -hmm. all that nonsense. Um, but they just celebrated open AI's birthday a couple weeks ago. That's insane. Like I'm not open AI's. Sorry, sorry, chat chat GPT's chat birthday. GPT. Okay. The, yeah. Sorry, not the, oh. open AI the company, but chat GPT, the like the publicly accept like the the announced you could go play with it version of chat GPT is effectively a year old. That's insane that it's that that, that it happened that quickly. Yeah, it doesn't even feel yeah. like it. No, and and now we've got things like NP like yeah. and NVIDIA and all these companies making like huge like data center level like another you know big one for the top of 2024 is um NVIDIA's data center you know units um yeah. GPUs starting to hit and things like that all geared towards the other end of the AI movement which is of course the data center side of it uh, these NPUs are about forcing AI workloads down to the device which is very very important to its success I mean we cannot yeah it can't be wholly tied to the cloud. It's got to move down to the device for certain things. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, the data center piece isn't going anywhere. As AI continues to evolve and expand, we know the processing needed to make to facilitate that at this scale can only be in the cloud. You're not gonna be able to yeah. carry that in your pocket for a long time. Um, but pieces of that workload can move down and things like that. I, I'm very much in a world, I'm, I'm in a personal place right now where I, I'm excited to get hands-on with some NPU-enabled devices because I want to know, is this, we recently talked about the specs you put on the side of the box in the yeah. context of like TVs and whatnot. It's the next spec they put on the side of the box to move another wave of laptops and the average consumer isn't going to know notice boo about it? Yeah. Or is this going to be a thing where there are actual dramatic impacts to like let's focus on microsoft for a second is this going to going to be what enables copilot to really be the feature right. that changes the windows experience dramatically i that's don't what, know maybe that's, it what, will be. that's what has to be the driving factor for this it's not i mean Adobe's going to jump onto it so that their Firefly thing will generate yep. faster on your local right. computer. They're, yeah. they're going to definitely jump onto that but it feels to me like the big play here is that these smart assistants are actually going to be smart now yep. because they're going to put they're going to put these neural processing units in things like the m1 they're going to put them in things like you know whatever chip is going in the next yep. surface but they're also going to end up in things like you know your your apple speakers and your right. alexa Home speakers pods and they're going to end up eventually like miniaturized yep. and cheap enough that they can go into those and now all of a sudden every smart assistant device in your house is co-processing your requests if you have more than one you add more of those devices you go to get a house, little network smarter effect, it yeah. gets because right. the more processing it can use all of your different devices and you're creating your own little network of npus in your house that all work together to generate your responses smarter and faster than ever i mean that's how this is going to and plot my plot my eventual demise yeah thank you to my 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 assistants you know yeah they, yes uh, but yeah, they, it, it, it'll just be interesting to see with as much as, like you're saying, the first birthday just happened. With as much as happened in 12 months, now that we're getting these processing units into more hands, is it going to be, is this year going to be an iterative year or is this going to be another explosive growth year right. for that? I'll be interested to see if 
the smart assistants get smart this year or if, or if we got to wait a little longer before they get smart. You know? I really think in a big way, it depends on what we deem as explosive for, because if we think about 2023 as being an explosive year for AI and we, I mean, I think yeah. we'd be remiss for calling it anything but that like it's, yeah. it apps from a mind share perspective. It's what people have talked about. It's what yeah, companies definitely. are talking about. It's what products are talking about. If, if you think about it, it hasn't tangibly changed the products themselves yet. It's still a thing yep. that people can go play with. I mean, yes, yeah, he went back to Copilot. Yeah. Like we're seeing Copilot really, really work its way into the forefront of Windows and Office and things like that. Like that's that's that might be one of the closest examples of product level things that people are actually getting exposed to and using every day, yeah. other than the subset of the public that's actually going down and downloading chat GPT or you know, logged into Bard. But mm, like those yeah. are still Everyone's talking about it, but a much smaller subset are actually using it in a meaningful way or on a daily basis. Yep. That's not to downplay the importance, but just from a, there's a much higher share of people in the conversation than are actually participating in it, I guess is the easiest way to put it. Will this be an, a step forward in that where there's still plenty of talk and plenty of development? Or is this going to be the year where on the backs of these products, does it actually start hitting shelves in a way? Yeah. Like when we talked about the uh, the Humane pin, which is shipping yeah. in the next couple of months. We, like that's like we talked about, that's that's AI mm -hmm. in a physical product yep. that mm -hmm. I still don't think people should buy, nope. but it's but it is literally what you talked about on that episode. It's a, it's it's one of the very first exemplifications of AI brought to the physical into the physical world in a way. Here's the thing in a box on a theoretical shelf that you can hand over money and and buy. Mm -hmm. And that is the beginning of a radical shift, Eric, to your point, how we think about AI and AI-based products. We're now going beyond just the thing they slap on the side of the box. You walk into Best Buy and you know, well, does you know. You've got this laptop from HP and this laptop from Asus. You know, this one over here has a better screen, but this one has their new NPU enabled processor. Right. So if you're doing XYZ, that's here's computer. all the ways that's going to be th that's yeah. the computer for you. And that's going to enter the conversationals. Like, I mean, for us as professionals, what we do yeah. for a living, a big chunk of what we do is help people decide on the right technology to buy for, the, for their business. Like, that is a. Yep big not to overly simplify that is a big fat chunk of what we do we try to make sure that they spend their dollars wisely on the right technology for their job so really that is going to be very selfishly a big impact on us in our professional lives over this coming year trying to suss out as quickly as possible going back to the writing on the side of the box is this the thing that would make someone's day-to-day right. -day workload sufficiently more efficient where mm. investing in that hardware on the early is going to be a sound investment? I don't know the answer to that yet, and it's my job to know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting thought exercise because I, I'm sitting here trying to go through it in my head right now of the different kind of partners that we serve and mm -hmm. would any of them get a benefit from having an NPU? And I can't think of anybody right now off the top of my head that, you know, would be using AI in a way that it's currently used. Yes. I, and that goes back to, I agree. While the, the gears are beginning to take shape, the yeah. machine is not there right. yet. Mm -hmm. like the, yeah. the, and so then that's why, you know, I, I'm very comfortable saying, you know, now's not the time, nor if some, if one of our partners did come in and say, Hey, I, re I read up, you know, wall street journal article about something called an NPU. Is that something we should be looking at? I still feel very comfortable saying, 
something we should be talking about. You know, we, yeah. we, we say here all the time, the conversations we often have too late. It's not necessarily time to take action yet, mm-hmm. especially when there's dollars on the line, but right. the conversation should start to be had. Eric, to your point, as we go business by business, vertical by vertical, what does AI as a concept mean to a construction company, to an architecture firm, sure. to an accounting firm, to a marketing firm, you know, things like that. Like what do yeah. these things mean to these different verticals so that we can identify that inflection point? Because it's going to vary, right? It's going to be different for each of those verticals when that moment is. It's unlikely that there's going to be one feature, one release, one thing where it's like, this now makes sense for everyone. Throw your old crap in the dumpster. We all need to go buy new computers. Well, it's that's what the computer manufacturers want. That's sure. why they're beating yeah. the drum so loud. <laughs> but I think those inflection points are going to vary to your point based on what they do for a living. Yeah. If ever for some, I mean, you know, a landscape company just needs a good computer that can run their QuickBooks yeah. mm-hmm. reliably and be backed up to the cloud. I, that's, I, I don't see that world changing thanks to an NPU anytime soon. No. Um, but there's plenty of others where that moment is going to arrive. But I think it's going to arrive in phases. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the first thing that I can see, the first thing that I, oh, sorry, not that I can see, the first thing that I can think of in my head that would benefit hugely from it is um, an antivirus, um, like EDR, sure, um, behavioral analysis, being able Happen to happen local the on the device. Power. Yeah, yeah. You know, it without could do having real to go time to the cloud behavioral for all analysis, that analysis. At, yeah. at a faster speed with, you know, with that processing, it would be pretty interesting to see that, you yeah, know, definitely. come smarter, but, or even on appliances. I mean, we're yeah. going way down in the weeds of our, of our day-to-day lives, but I think about the impact of this technology on things like, you know, small to medium business firewalls. Yes. Yep. You know what I mean? Which yeah. currently Being able to do that, that point, analysis. Yeah. Yep. Are doing huge are offloading huge chunks of their security workload to the cloud. They're taking they're taking that data, they're shipping it to a data center somewhere, they're analyzing those packets and saying these look good or that signature matches bad things and they tell that they then tell the firewall what to do. Like it works, it's but to to see a shift of that workload back down to the device could dramatically impact the kind of bandwidth these devices can handle and at yep. what price point. Yeah. And you know, th- so there's there's a lot of it's, it goes beyond just what your app's going to be able to do next week. And for Joe Consumer, they're never going to have to think about that because the us's of the world are helping implement the networks that they just show up to use every right. day. And that's great. That's the way this is supposed to work. But I am excited at least to start to see, okay, these are, like we said before, these are the gears that we have to have to start to build out that machine. The machine, yep. So, sorry, Eric, to your original point, I agree. AI is... If, if I if I had to pick one thing where I could say confidently, looking back at the year we're wrapping up and forward at the year we're walking into, that's going to be a through line yeah. for sure. Is going to be yeah. AI. So yeah, the the only other prediction that I had is because of a personal a, a thing that I bought this year. So this this Christmas was um, a, a PS five year for us. So we yep. finally got one of those and joined the modern gaming revolution. So yay! <laughs> um, which which means because I purchased something. This is the year that the PS5 Pro will definitely drop and it will be the most amazing upgrade anyone's ever seen. Because and, Eric spent money, Eric there will be a new yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's what I predict will happen. So yeah, if any investors out there are looking for their like canary in the coal mine for when a company is going to make a major leap forward, look for when Eric Sargent spends yep. his hard-earned money on yep. 
their existing tech because yeah. that will be the last year of that technology's yeah, existence at the forefront. It's just gonna it's gonna blow it out of the water. It's gonna be the most amazing thing. It's gonna have some sort of holographic. It's gonna project the games directly into your brain or something. And I should. I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna air all the dirty laundry. Didn't you literally buy an Xbox One X within like 90 days yep. of the Series X announcement? I did. Am I remembering that right? You absolutely. <laughs> yep. It's oh, I think, no. that's right. You can see it in the, in the shot. It's right here. It's right there. There it is. I still have it. Oh man. And it yeah, almost it's... never gets turned on. So there you go. <laughs> I got oh. the series X upstairs and that's the one that gets used. So yeah. Well, since you did it to us and you brought gaming into the conversation, sure. Cody, I'm going to turn it towards you for a second. I mean, I it's, it's a foregone conclusion, right? I mean, this is the year of the, if, if not Eric's year of the PS5 Pro, this is definitely the year of the Switch 2, right? There's, there's, no, yeah. there's no way it's not. I mean, I mean, again, we've talked many times that Nintendo very much can do whatever they want, but I just, I can't see this not being the year of the Switch 2. Yeah, I think we, we might have mentioned on here, they, they, uh, they have a few patents that they like that got... Yep you know approved and everything so i mean i would imagine it's going to come out for holiday this year like at least my, <laughs> 2024 my, as, yeah, yeah i agree yeah. and i and i my wild prediction continues to be we're actually going to see in the front half of the year because i still yeah. think that i still think that was one of the the master strokes of the switches announcement mm-hmm. was they got the crazy nintendo rush out of the way so there was so stock that, yeah right well because also nintendo's very very smart yeah, they make a couple dollars here and there on the sale of that hardware, but they know full well they make their money off of Mario and Zelda. Mm-hmm. You know what they I mean? They never it's, go it's on sale. Game. It's exactly. <laughs> it's the games. It's the software. Um, so by getting the hardware out on the early, they are now get, get giving it enough time for enough devices to land enough people's hands that come ho- the actual holiday 2024 season, it's going to be the rush for the games, for the consoles that people actually bought, or parents will actually have a fighting chance of getting a switch to mm. to put under the tree versus having it drop mid-october and it's you know the nintendo faithful that are camping outside of best buy for a week are going to be the only ones getting their hands on it and by, by getting that nintendo doesn't need a holiday rush to post sales you know what yeah, i mean they right. could drop that thing on a tuesday in february and it's still going to be a smash success. Yeah, I think yeah, the so. Switch is like the third highest selling console of all time. I would say. Something I like, it's it's like the top yeah. three, I think, is something like that. It's done it's, some huge numbers, whatever, yeah. whatever the number be. is. Yeah. I mean, in, in predictions, it's like, you know, unless Apple or Apple, Nintendo does like some kind of crazy feature again, I feel like, you know, you can expect, okay, it's going to have a better screen. The battery should be longer, right? Like there are a few they, things that should just they, be on it. They don't need to mess with this formula. I mean, again, this is Nintendo. Mm-hmm. They could literally redesign it from the ground up for all we know. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to because they, as Nintendo y as they are, they have to know they've cracked something here. You look yeah. no further than how the entire rest of the market is just sprinting after them with the handheld market. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, we talked recently from one end of the spectrum with the PS portal, which is literally just a second screen handheld yep. that still just looks like a switch mm-hmm. all the way to the, the Legion go and the ACE uh, the steam deck, the Asus uh, ROG yep. ally, these are all devices that exist because of the Switch and its massive success. Yeah. They have to know this is not the time to tear it down and start over again. Like, right. Could we talked recently? This is the time to lean very much into the playbook from the DS. Mm-hmm. 
Just build on that success, baby. Just make it better, make it faster, up the screen, make it better battery life, better processor, modern internals. Like just take the thing that is a literal gaming revolution and just make it that much better and slap two on the box. We will buy it. Yeah, I I think that's the big thing is, and Nintendo is notorious for not doing this, and I would love to see them do it. The only place they have done it is in the handheld space. It's backwards compatibility. Mm -hmm. Like if they, if you can play every one of these amazing Switch games on the Switch 2, that's the most important thing that for me that would make me want to upgrade because we've spent a ton of money on all these games and then it's like nope and then and then you have what's happening right now where they shut down online services for the 3ds and yeah all of a sudden you can't you can't play mario kart with people anymore on your ds because there's no more online gaming and Mm -hmm. it just turns off and having being able to move that forward to the new system and get another decade out of those games that you've already bought would be pretty amazing i I could only imagine they would do like you said with the ds 30s where maybe there's a new cartridge and it has like a different little thing on it but the old ones still plug in because yeah yeah, like you said all the zeldas all the mario kart like it it, you're really dropping off so many players if you don't like let them bring that forward well because this is a prediction show i'm gonna ask for a wild one cody as our again as our resident in nintendo (laughs) historian I think I know the answer to this, but do you think, let's assume this is the year of the Switch 2. Mm. Is the Switch 2, because you mentioned cartridges, is this when Nintendo goes all digital? Hmm. I won't, I'm resistant to that. I feel like oh, not, not per, I just feel like Nintendo, that's a big jump for them to and not that's what, use that, that's what I mean by I think I know the answer to this. I mean, if, if there was ever a company that I think is going to hold on to cartridge base yeah. sales as long as they can, it is Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I also agree they'll do something where it's like switch cartridges will still fit, but there's going to be a, something like, like that. a little wing on it or whatever. Something. Everything's but, going to come yeah. on like the cf express cards now but you'll still be able to get an sd there'll still be an sd card slot in it you yeah know, that kind of thing because i mean that would be the, that would be a huge leap forward for their technology if they use something with a higher bus speed like a yeah like a cf express card where you can get you know hard drive level speeds ssd level speeds mm-hmm. and transferring data yeah. back and forth they could do so much more with their games with that kind of thing. well but, but let, let's remember what and what any kind of physical game be it a disc going into an xbox mm-hmm. or a playstation or a cartridge going into a, a yeah. all these things are for they're effectively drm cartridges mm-hmm. right yeah they're offloading some data to the local drive they're immediately up to downloading like day one and zero, like day one patches and whatnot, like subsequent mm-hmm. to the local drive. And that cartridge is there to say, yes, we solemnly swear this switch is allowed to play this game. Like, right. I hope that these companies are realizing they shouldn't be offloading game data in real time off of physical media. Like, yeah. that just because to your point, Eric, the, the, the IO speeds, they're never going to keep up with it. They're never going to catch up to that. It's, mm-hmm. it's what we talked about recently with the, um, with the Steam Deck OLED. And it's like, great, you can expand the storage with the SD card, but pre-buy as much fast storage as you can because that SD card is capped at 200 megs a second. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I guess that's that's the, the way to look at it because the way the switch is now to expand storage, it's an SD card. It is. So having them switch that to a CF Express card would be that's going to be expensive, but it would be because <laughs> those are really expensive. But it would it would be it would be cool to see them do something along that line to make it a faster loading experience. Sure, 
you know, for, for larger games, because their games have to get bigger, right? They're going to have to up the resolution on the Switch 2 mm-hmm. of the games to get them. Okay. Close, to, to, right? well, to your point, while we're making predictions, is this so? I, I think we all agree our prediction is Switch 2 still has some kind of cartridge slot. Yeah. I don't know what the IO yeah. is going to be, but it's going to have one. Is it going to be 4K? No, I, I think they're just going to do 1080p. <laughs> I, again, I agree. Yeah. Because the, the current one, right, undocked is not 1080p, correct? No, it's even like 900p. Docked, it's 900, I think. Yeah. So yeah. I could see this being, un, I agree, undocked 1080, yeah. mm-hmm. docked 4K. I do I do think I consider it's not going to be a failure again. They, they, they could literally just relaunch the Switch OLED with a, whatever and call it a Switch 2 and it would be a commercial success. Mm-hmm. But I think as a gadget this is a failure if it's not docked at 4k yeah i think the dock could do a lot of the processing right like like they could do it yeah or even just to assure yeah. yeah they could off i don't even think they would necessarily have to go that far because i think about things like the um the rog ally and mm-hmm. things like that like the the numbers i've seen off that the even just forget docking but just in its handheld configuration the frame rate and performance boosts you get by running it plugged in versus like the yeah. mere act of not running off the battery mm-hmm. allows them to clock up that existing experience so much if anything that dock should allow it to run at a higher at a higher power level mm-hmm. and then put some active cooling or so put a fan in it i don't <laughs> yeah, know just because yeah. that's really all you need you just need to, be able to run those cpus and gpus at a higher clock level to push the pixels mm-hmm. and i know they can do it i just think that that's my call on the switch Two is is shooting for it doesn't even have to have that 1080 we've already we just talked about, about the steam deck OLED. i do think it should be 1080p but you don't mm-hmm. have to go to that to have a because the screen is so small right yeah you don't you don't have to hit those pixel levels. Have a great viewing experience. Really good on the screen, it'll be fine. Have yeah. a great, yeah, have a great display, in which the Switch OLED already is a great display. Mm-hmm. But docked on a modern TV, that's where I do feel this thing would start to show its age, which is not what they're going to want to do day one if we're not gaming at 4K in a docked configuration. Yeah. They could do it, and it would still be successful, and we would buy the games, and it'll be whatever. But I still think... If we've waited this long for a Switch to docked, it should be at 4K. Yeah, and the tech has yeah. gone a long way. Like you said, the other companies doing this too. Like they have got to have found optimizations to like to do this to do it better. Essentially, yeah, I, would I, so. I get it. 4, 4K is a lot of pixels, but I, I think. I just think they can do. It. I think this is this is never going to be. Oh, the Switch Two is suddenly on par graphically with a. PS5 or a Series X, right. much less yeah. whatever's going to follow them. That's never it's been never their place. Never been, been the point, right? Yeah. But 4K has now been effectively at a, at a cons. I'm not talking about as a handheld, but as a capital C console, that has been table stakes now, all the way back to the One X yeah, sitting behind right. Eric. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. I want to see Mario's mustache hairs. Okay, clearly. I want to see. <laughs> Cody, you and I have yeah, some I mean, very different views about what's important <laughs> in gaming. <laughs> I need that high fidelity Mario. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, they could they could sell a bunch of them if they do that, if they do 4K on the, like with the new cartridge for the Switch 2 games, and then they would be able to, if they had the processing to do upscaling for the old right. ones, like mm-hmm. proper upscaling from the old ones to fork to make it look you know smooth it out yeah smooth it out and everything it would just it'd be interesting to see them do stuff like that but again nintendo always does its own thing they always 
they, they go, you know what, this is what we're going to focus on this time around. And then they just go all in and they're like, if you don't like yeah. it, that's okay. And they just do what they're going to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. so. I, I could see him hitting it in the middle and what was the series S hits 1440p, right? I'm pretty sure that's its comp. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I just don't think 1080 is the win. You know what I mean? For, right. for, for something yeah. worthy of being a switch two. If they had gone the route of a Switch Pro, like a true, I don't mean the Switch OLED, but a true mid-cycle refresh, mm-hmm. I could have seen a Switch Pro at 1440p or even right. full yeah. 1080, yeah. even full yeah, 1080 but a, but a out of a two, Switch Pro. Yeah. But a Switch 2, I think, you know, because the more I think about it, 4K, it's, it's so funny. 4K has been with us for so long. Right. It, still takes a, it still takes a lot of hardware to reliably mm-hmm. have a good 4k experience yeah and so i can see bottom line we all have displays that can do 4k but the amount of actual 4k content even the stuff that says it's 4k that you're 4K. streaming it, is it's not upscale. 4k it's, it's upscale. you know yeah yeah so i mean the the amount of actual 4k that you you can get the 4k uhd stuff it's it's those blu-rays that you, that barely exist anymore that you go and buy and run off a really nice blu-ray player plug directly into your television that's the only true 4k you're seeing if you're streaming anything that says it's 4k right. uhd over the line even if it comes through at 4k pixels the amount of compression that you're seeing you're not getting the true 4k experience so you know nobody's actually most people with a 4k tv haven't actually seen 4k content right mm-hmm. so because you stream everything yeah. So, all right. Well, Eric, you could not have teed me up better Perfect. without realizing it. So, thank you. Um, because the last one, you know, stepping aside from gaming, because we, we, if we don't, we will camp on this. Yeah, one we can go for forever. the rest yeah. of the day. Oh, yeah. Um, but another, this is going to be like from weird John Bold prediction territory, but I felt okay. I just had to throw this one out there. And it goes hand in hand, actually, Eric, which mentioned with the layoffs in the industry yes. and yep. the ca- and the capital markets changes with interest rates and you know th- that kind of liquidity drying up for these big companies one of the direct cause and effect moments has been the endless increases in streaming service costs oh yeah oh they just keep going so, up so and i think this is this wouldn't fall into bold prediction territory this is just basically a guarantee it's going to keep happening yeah. because guess what those prices have been going up they have not been hemorrhaging subscribers. Right. Netflix, I think, was for like a hot minute there. And then... Yeah. yeah. So all they're figuring out is they've got people hook, line, and sinker. And now you you can just feel them reaching out into the darkness to try and find the edge. Like, how far can we go? And how much more can we keep charging? And these people are still going to keep showing up. So that's not my prediction. My question for you guys as a prediction is, as that trend continues between continuous increasing costs in streaming, um, continuous consolidation in streaming. I don't know if you guys saw the I, the nightmare hell ride that's coming potentially with Paramount and Warner Brothers, all that uh, consolidating that. down. Yeah. Just like, I can just feel yeah. Comcast standing behind me, getting ready to start slapping with a three hundred dollar bundle again. I can just, I can just feel literally, it literally. Yeah. We've, t- I feel like we've talked about that so many oh, times. Like you're just yes. gonna have a- enough <laughs> subscriptions until it makes what you were paying before. Well, but, but again, to, to real quick aside on that, like I was not okay with, but I was more comfortable thinking that wouldn't happen. The the 
the longer I had a selection of here's a field of 20 or 30 options, each yep. one 10 or 15 bucks a piece that I can turn them on or off at my will mm. and never be spending more than 60, 70 bucks a month based on what combo I chose. But the consolidation and the up and the increasing prices means now suddenly to have two or three on at any time, you're now spending over a hundred bucks. We're back at the cable bundle, baby. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. That's it. Like that's we're, we're right back where we we're right back where we started. Yep. Um, yeah. Especially if you want to have multiple people watching on screens, right? They've and, only uh-huh. just charged, started and charging. Asked, and real quick, you asked the question, where's the line? That's the yeah. line. Yeah. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's when, the, it's when the subscription services, when it's when hardwired cable becomes cheaper than the subscription services. That's when mm-hmm. it stops. When yeah. the, when the cable companies can start going, we're the deal here. Right. So, yep. so, so, so sorry, the, the prediction was, it was actually much more out of left field than even all of that, but I would have been remiss for not mentioning it. Is that change in the marketplace going to lead to, this is going to harken back to our, like uh, our vinyl episode and okay. things like that. Is this going to begin? I don't mean where everyone rushes back to the stores and starts buying them. Is this going to lead to a tangible resurgence of physical media? Uh, yeah. People I, I, going out. And so Eric, you mentioned mm-hmm. like UHD Blu-rays yep, and yep. buying bespoke purpose built Blu-ray players to have like a really great home theater experience. Obviously that is like a category we've touched on many times in the show. Cause it's something we all love, but are we, as people get fed up with paying ever increasing monthly costs for ever shrinking libraries of content as these deals expire and just uh, stuff starts, you know, I could, I was able to watch it yesterday and now it's disappeared and I have to go buy this other service to finish the show I started here a month ago. Is, is there a line where it's, I'm just going to go buy the box set and be done with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, It's already started. Yeah. I've, I've already started to hit that, that point as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, I think I've seen a lot of people doing that, and it's it's not just in the film and TV industry; it's in the gaming industry. Sure. I mean, largest again. Sorry to go back to gaming again, but no, largest it's largest game. You know, game of the year, all that kind of stuff. Baldur's Gate three is like a huge yep. phenomenon right now. Their big push right now is they're they're putting out they're doing their physical media release. So like yes. it's coming out so you can purchase it on Xbox, have a physical on PC, copy on whatever and have a steel box with some extras and stuff built in. And the thing is, it's not like they priced it at $300. It's it's like 10 bucks over the price of the game or 20 bucks mm-hmm. over the price that you can get it digitally. So it's like it's and it's people right who play that game are definitely like the subset. They're, 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 they're the collectors. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? They're the they're they're Cody. They're the I mean, I've always appreciated like you're you are a collector like that. Mm. That is just that is part of that is part of your joy of this space is you collect things like that. That's for the use of the world. I mean, I'm not that I'm surrounded by all the crap that I've accumulated <laughs> over the years. Like you, you yeah. are a proper collector like you would be the person, not necessarily Baldur's Gate, but like they're speaking to that subset of folks mm-hmm, and sure. that is that subset overlaps dramatically with capital b Baldur's gate three players you for know sure, I mean? absolutely like, yeah i think the more you, you will see companies kind of i think it was discovery or whatever like all that media kind yeah. of disappeared off people the more you see that the more i think it's going to slap people in the face and say like oh that like my library could just disappear at any moment that yep. i've been spending money on for 10 years right like or, you know, iTunes, like the, as soon as you could buy that 99 cent song, like you were just licensing to listen to it, right? It wasn't like you ever owned it, owned it. Yeah. And and case in point, when when Apple Music came in, all that went away. Yeah, wiped everyone's <laughs> like, like it didn't even matter. I, I had spent music going all the way back to the beginning of that thing. I, it's gone. 
I mean, I still have access to it because mm -hmm. I pay for Apple Music, but my little downloadable library of iTunes stuff, I have no idea where that even lives anymore, if it even exists. Or how to get to no. it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's true. That's very, very true. So I yeah. just, I, I'm curious to see where, I don't think we're going to see again, Joe Public. I mean, go, I mean, wasn't that pretty recent big news that Best Buy is getting rid of its physical media aisle? Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's we're not going to have a DVD aisle anymore. Right. Like, but that won't last. I, I exactly. I'm just, I'm just wondering is, is there going to be enough of a shift where these companies start noticing and saying, huh, you know, maybe having, maybe people just want to go buy the box out of the office and right. not pay. I, I, I'm going to pick on the office. There was a time mm -hmm. where people would pay Netflix $10 a month just to be able to fall asleep to the office every night. Mm -hmm. Yep. Really, like that—that's that, a real thing. Or yeah. Friends, or like insert like mm -hmm. big name sitcom that people just love to have on in the background. That by itself was worth eight dollars, then ten dollars, then twelve dollars, and now suddenly they're asking twenty, and you don't get the office anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's right. yep. not just make about the office, but that's just one example. Like the and then if it moves point, platforms, you have to go with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. At, at what point is it just? Uh, I'd rather go on Amazon or again, go to your local, you know, <laughs> yes. media store, yeah. please. But it's just like, I'm going to go buy the box set and be done with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's going to happen more and more and more as people realize this, you know, what's that, the, the ball and the cup that people, they play the game out on the street or the, mm -hmm. like, you know, find the queen, follow the queen kind of yeah. thing. Like, oh yeah. You, they're constantly moving your content. Like, yes, you know, what's because he's deep in hands. What's, yep. you know, it even even like it's insane. Disney, Disney. Yes. Plus. Yeah. Stuff leaves Disney plus like Disney movies leave Disney plus because of licensing deals. So there are yep. times when you can't go on there and watch a Disney movie because it's streaming somewhere else. Somewhere and it's only going to happen more and more and more as people license this stuff all over the place. And it's it, it, when people finally realize they go, go to sit down to watch their favorite whatever. And then, and I think one of the big pushes is going to come and eventually this is going to happen. And I foresee it. And because I put my hard earned money into it, we'll make that prediction again, that it's going to be to the one that I use. Um, I've spent a lot of money on voodoo. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. For a streaming service. So I have a lot of movies that I only own on voodoo on voodoo and that I've converted like, you know, before I sold DVDs in a garage sale, like I would convert them to voodoo because you could do that for like $2. You could convert your, movies, Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, your hard, you know, hard copy movies into voodoo. And I've done that and then gotten rid of old movies. So like my DVD collection almost is non-existent anymore. And it all exists in that space. It's Walmart owned. I think voodoo is kind of back. Yes. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Eventually that's going to go away. One of these yeah. big services is going to be like, we're shuttering our doors and people are going to be like, what about my movies? And they're going to go, sorry, bye. Mm -hmm. And then you've yep. lost a library that you've spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on for years. And years curating. Yep. yep. To be your central hub of your entertainment. And then it's all going to go away. That's going to be the inflection point that at least starts, lights the fuse of everybody going back to that. And then my big, bold prediction is eventually Blockbuster's coming back. Yeah, we'll just full circle start going to yeah. <laughs> I, I think in a in a way to the to the physical media like you're mentioning, having it all downloaded too, right? Like yep. just having it on your own hard drive, even yep. Yep. Um, so you don't have to like wait to download it from X site. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Or again, streaming. Like you can go on. You can take a 4K Blu-ray DVD and with the right know-how, put it into a computer and create a digital copy of that 
bit for bit so that it is exactly the same high quality 4K. Stick it on an external hard drive and stream it in your house and then chuck the disc in the trash. You need a little bit of know-how to do that. True. Yeah. You know, otherwise you're streaming. And I think people are, it's going to start like it always does. People at the higher end of things are going to spend more money on stuff. They're going to get the better players. They're going to get the better media as it comes out. And so, something higher end is going to drive it. And then people, it's going to get affordable for everybody and everybody's going to go on there. I don't know if that's AK or if, right. it, you know what I mean? Like if it's going to be like the next right. section of, you know, technology that makes people go, we got to have that. We get our 8K Ooh. TVs and our 8K Blu-rays. And the only way to play 8K yep. is on these. There's going to be a cutoff because eventually we're going to get to a point where, you're not going to be able to stream that mm -hmm. unless Without the internet becomes so much more affordable. increase in infrastructure. Right. Yep. So there's going to be an inflection point where the technology, the resolution outpaces the bandwidth. And yep. when that happens and you can't get the newest of the new to watch on your $10,000 TV and you have to go out and buy it in a hard copy, that's going to drive a lot of that as well. But I can True. see that happening for sure. I had a vision of a dystopian blockbuster when you mentioned that, where oh, yeah, uh, you just plug your wait. little flash drive into the thing, it loads your movie that expires in two days, and then you just <laughs> unplug it and leave. Like, <laughs> yes, that that's it. It's gonna blockbuster is going to end up not having any physical media other than <laughs> they're going to have really high end thumb drives, and you go in there and you plug yeah. your thumb drive into a kiosk, choose your movie, it dumps to the thumb drive, you bring it home, and it has an expiration date. You can plug yeah. it wait. And watch so it, is our bold prediction for media that it's going to go the way of Sneakernet. Is that, is, that, is that really where we just went? With that's it? that's where I went right away. My dystopian blockbuster. Yep, that's it. That's where we're headed. I, but I, you know what? I would love it if video stores would come back. I have a lot of good memories about just hunting for movies in the video store, and I worked at one, and it was it was a good job. When for I sure, was fifteen. I don't need to drive past the old buildings that used to be them. You're like, ah, oh, good times. Yeah. <laughs> no, the video store I worked at burned to the ground. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. On Eric's last day, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I walked out of that place. I never looked back. Just yeah. Explosion behind me, and I just yeah. walked away. <laughs> uh, I I don't know anything other to say, but on that literal bombshell, <laughs> um, on that very explosive, fiery bombshell, no, I I think that's where we will. Wow. I guess it's where we'll wrap up not just the show, but the year. The yeah. year, right? We're we're, we're going to wrap up 2023 here on we're going back to physical media. I mean, there's, there's no more Coming solid steady thing yeah. to end, to end the, the year on then 2024, gonna... the year of the 8k Blu-ray. Me and Eric will be there before on opening day. And yeah. December, <laughs> December, 2024, I'm going to go drop off a roll of film at the developer, swing into <laughs> blockbuster and grab a video and come home and watch it on a CRT TV. That's, that's well, you're, you're going to stop at the local multiplex on your yep. way home and watch. Uh... Yep, exactly. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, anything else you guys have before we wrap it up? That's it for mm -hmm. me. All right. Well, that's a... Uh... Wow, I just realized I again we, we wrapped up the year um exactly where one would expect where I once again didn't do my homework and bring the email address for everyone to come oh, to, well, there to we contact go. us. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I get I get I get yeah, exactly. So I guess that's where we'll end the year with a, the restatement of a promise that maybe 2024 is your year where we finally give you guys a place to reach out to us directly. Um no. Uh thank you guys for an awesome 2023. We're looking forward to 2024 CES last plug is next week. Yeah. Um, we're going to be covering that I'm on the tail end, obviously. Out. Yeah. Ton, we'll tons of great Nintendo news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we will see some physical me. I, okay. I, I, I'm going to do it. I'm really hope that this, that the surprise of CES is just like an 
onslaught of dedicated Blu-ray players. I, I want that to be like a the surprise standard standout of the show. Yeah. That's yeah, I, want to, I want to come to the next show like we called it. We totally called it. We do. <laughs> the banner reads as you walk in, welcome to 2024 and the return of HD DVD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, on that, we will wrap it up and catch you next time. Later. Later. Later.